Hey everyone, welcome back to Space Anime Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. It, b- bebop season, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I give up. <laughs> it's, uh, Don't worry. It was about episodes it. Uh, sixteen to nineteen. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really fun ones today. We had a pretty good mix of like. I feel like this series is like really cleanly broken up in. Like the pace of serious episode, comedy episodes, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, and they do a really good job with it. And this seat, like this set of episodes, like really clearly displays that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had like two backstory episodes in between those. We had shuffle, just the Seinfeld episode, and just like and just another fun space fight <laughs> one. The Seinfeld episode is a pretty good way. To yes, describe. I love Mushroom Samba because it has absolutely nothing to do with like the overall arcing plot or character development in any way. But it's one of the most fun episodes, and is actually shot and directed really well as well. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got so many nods to like. It's just a love letter to a certain era of cinema, for better or worse. Yeah. And it, oh, it's so good. That's the way to put that. Yeah, take us, yeah. Yeah, take us, take us away. <laughs> okay, so episode sixteen is a Black Dog Serenade. Uh, we see a prison ship. There's some guards inside that are dead. The prisoners are kind of walking around celebrating. It's obviously prison break. Um, one of the more stoic members of the prisoners' people is uh, kind of, I don't know, shown pretty. This His name is Udai. I'm just going to say right out. Um, he's like stoic and menacing, and he has some shit going on. Uh, we cut over to the bebop phase, complaining about the showers, not working the jet. Jet's kind of trimming his bonsai and not paying attention to her. Uh, he gets a call on his little thing, but Faye hangs it up on him like immediately. Um, it calls back immediately, and it's this guy named Fad, who I guess apparently is uh, Jet's uh, friend. Um, when he hear, hears that it's Fad, the cigarette that he was holding in his uh, robot hand burns, and like Faye makes a comment, it's like, "Oh, don't you feel that? And, like your arm's busted, dude." You, you know, you could get a synthetic arm here, and he's like, "Yeah, but I like this arm." <laughs> yeah, he has an attachment to it, if you will. Uh, we cut back to the prison ship. There's a bunch of the prisoners up in the um, bridge area, I guess, and there's they have a hostage of the pilot. Um, one of the guys gets mm-hmm. really cocky and just ends up shooting the pilot and the other guy's like you you idiot that was the last hostage what are we gonna do now and so and this guy starts being like a brutish like outlash and just like well if you think you're hot shit then fine you come take over who wants to take over this operation and of course Udai being the cold calculating uh, motherfucker just immediately <laughs> slashes his throat like without missing a beat just kind of like takes one step forward and is just kind of like I'll do okay, it yeah alright that guy's done now yeah, so this, I'm in charge the show makes it very clear <laughs> that he outclasses everyone else on that prison ship in yes. terms of getting shit like, done by an, yeah like they make this character very scary they sell him very well like he he's almost like under animated compared to everyone yeah, else in a yeah, way like he just doesn't move yeah, he doesn't move unless he needs to. And yep. then he moves very quickly, the minimum amount, <laughs> and then stops. Like, And then, of course, after they he does this, they then reveal one guy's like, oh, shit, I know this guy. You're a syndicate assassin, which, Oop. having history of the syndicate we've dealt with, we know uh, that's bad news. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we see a scene of Jet meeting with Fat. I guess they're underneath a bridge or something. Um, they have the most buddy cop nor reunion I've ever seen. Like, it's <laughs> oh my god, they're like they're like doing cop jokes at each other. Like, remember we're cops? Wink. <laughs> it's yeah. so dumb. It comes out that uh, Thad used to be Jet's partner when he was in the police force, and you know they kind of have a reunion of sorts. Uh, Fad eventually tells him about the prison ship, how there was a breakout, and Udai's on it, and this is perking up the Jet because apparently Udai was responsible for Jet's busted ass arm. So. Weird that. 
Jet declines. He doesn't want to get into any of the shenanigans um, involved with Udai anymore. And we see a Nor flashback of the original scene of Jet losing his arm. By the way, he's dressed like it's 1930s or something. Like he has the whole fedora <laughs> yeah. on and everything. Absolutely <laughs> noir cop right there. I love. I love it. Like they don't even care. Like the rule of cool is so strong in <laughs> Cowboy Bebop on occasion that like. They're just like, yeah, what time was everyone alive? Well, Faye was alive like a hundred years ago, and that was like the late 90s, and uh, Jet was from uh, 30 years ago, and that was the 1920s. So good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. in on Europa at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... um we uh, jets back like thinking about his like nor pass on the bebop and eventually like the size that he has to go in and help uh fad with all this um, as he's leaving on the hammerhead he tells ed's like hey if i don't come back what are the plants and of course she's all ecstatic about this and runs off what a bad person to tell that to yeah we see the ISSP, um, they're like surrounding this prison ship and trying to stop it. And like through a bunch of like scheming stuff, they get all shot up and exploding. Like it was a trap that the prison ship set up. And so they go off and escape. Uh, Fat and Jet partner up, but they're in a ship. They're trying to track down the prison ship. Um, Jet thinks that you guys got to go back to the syndicate. So he's like, you should wait here for the ship because that's where it's going. Uh, we see some quick interstitial cuts of the Bebop. Ed's watering all of uh, Jet's bonsai, and Faye's mad the shower's not working, and Spike is wondering what the hell's happening. Uh, we cut back to Udai. Uh, he's trying to call the syndicate from the prison ship, but apparently they cut ties with him, and he's upset about this because he thought they were going to help bail him out. Um, we see they Jet say he's Fat very uh, traditional, and the syndicate's kind of moved on from him. Yeah, that's also, like I guess, kind of a bit more to the backstory that Spike has with, like, I don't know if um, Vicious is kind of trying to make things more modern or whatnot, but yeah, Udai is very traditional, and he thinks that like he should be going back there. Um, we cut to Jet and Fad. They find the prison ship. They like kind of go and attack it, and they shoot back, get shot back at, and they both like independently kind of crash land on it, um, so they're separated. We see Jet going through a bunch of corridors. Um, he sees like a prison camera and shoots it out because he knows he's being watched. Eventually, he meets up with Udai, and they start shooting at each other, and they have a fight. Um, Udai eventually looks like he's about to execute Jet, but Jet uses his broken-ass arm, um, robot arm, to stop the bullet. Um, Udai then kind of holds him down at gunpoint and tells him, like, you never figured it out, did you? Your partner set you up. And so we see a flashback of the setup thing again, but this time, like, it kind of shows more of it in that Fad was setting up uh, Jet. Fad was at the, the spotlight ball. and he took the shot. Yeah, holding holding a rifle, yeah. Yeah, because I guess Fad was on, not on the syndicate play role, but was, like, paying their game and he knew that, like, Jet was going to... I don't know, mix things up and make life difficult. And it, it was, yeah, Jet wasn't willing to just like play along with them buying off cops and stuff. Like Jet was too, too into justice to let that, to let that happen. Jet was unfortunately a good cop. Oh, <laughs> you always lose. That's kind of how the system where it's kind of an issue. When you have a space mafia, I mean, you're going to lose if you're a good cop. That's just how it works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, we're broken out of the flashback by a fad shooting Udai in the head. Uh, Jet, like, I immediately asked, like, why did you sell me out? Why did you do this? And, of course, um, fad says that Jet couldn't play the game, couldn't keep quiet, take the money, etc. Uh, fad then goes to go shoot Jet, and there's kind of like a stare down, and Jet leaps and grabs his gun and shoots uh, fad. And it turns out that uh, fad actually didn't load any bullets into his gun. Um, he wanted to just yeah, like die by cop. Yeah, he just, he just didn't have a bullet. He had the bullet to shoot Udai, and that was it. Yeah. This was a very elaborate suicide attempt, and yeah. it worked. Oh. Yeah, so as he's dying, Fat asks for smoke from Jet and then eventually dies, and Jet just kind of walks away. It's kind of a downer at the end of this episode. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, yeah, he just kind of says, like, well, couldn't guess I couldn't quit smoking after all. <laughs> Which is just like, what a. Oh, it's oh, such a super noir. What a, it's so noir. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it's it just like this whole episode, they're trying to do a noir thing, and whenever Cowboy Bebop tries to do a noir thing, it succeeds. <laughs> it's uh, kind of long and short of it. The space yeah. kind of goes away and it's just noir and it works. Yeah, well, so the space the is pretty good. <laughs> one of the things I liked yeah. about this, as we mentioned earlier, anytime they show Udai, like this guy is like stone cold professional. Like the way that they um I don't know, animate and have his mannerisms. Like all the like other said, death like, row inmates are like partying and shit. And he's just kind of standing in the background. Yeah. Like, like they don't make him look vicious or anything. He just looks like a normal dude, but the way like he carries himself, he's just very calculated. Like he's just a skinny dude. Yeah. Yep. Like he, he's like a skinny, like kind of tall guy, like a little lanky, but not, he wouldn't be scary except yeah, he just is stone is cold. does not move. Yeah. Like, and every time they shoot him too, like they'll have everyone else at like a fairly normal angle and they'll tilt the like yep. shoot him in a way where it's like a little up close and a little uncomfortable. Like just you see that he's staring a little too hard at everything, which is like kind of definitive of it. Like a, a lot of crime movies and stuff will have the point in the film where you have to call the crimp. No, the the better criminal <laughs> you have to get that guy. And uh, this guy is clearly that guy. Like he's the yeah. person you call when it's just like, oh, we need someone like super dead. And they're like way hard to get to. It's like, oh, no, it's fine. This guy's got it. Yeah. Um, the scene where uh, Udai uh, stabs the other prisoner who's being a jackass. Um, the way they shoot, it's really cool because they have the um, other prisoner like turn, point the gun at Udai. They don't even show like his face. They show Udai like slide a knife out of his sleeve, and then immediately it's a front-on shot of that guy with the gun, and his neck is bleeding. Like they don't even like show the line of action really for him getting stabbed. Yeah. It's just you get like the, with the start of the arm movement, and that's it. Yeah. It's like so fast, it's confusing almost. Like that's, I, and that, I think that's almost like kind of the idea, yeah. right? Yeah, like but just yeah, like your brain puts how, it together. How the hell? Yeah, like, <laughs> this guy is clearly terrifying. You don't, you can't even understand exactly what he just did, and to make a guy explode <laughs> on the spot. Um, yeah, another thing is uh, when they were when Jet and uh, Fad were talking on the bridge, like explaining the original plot. There's a line that Fad says like, "Udai was the reason you quit the police force, isn't it?" And then, like, it immediately has a train go overhead with, like, a far bridge shot. And it's, like, the most, oh, like, yeah. difficult thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 Just say that again, buddy. Yeah. Your exposition was lost in the train. Come on. Spill it. Spill the beans. <laughs> yeah, there's also some good match cuts. Um, Jet throws a cigarette butt after he's done talking with Fad to the ground. And then it match cuts with the same cigarette butt shot, but like in sepia tone because it's in the flashback. Yep. Flashbacks. Oh, they love sepia. Yeah. They love sepia so much <laughs> yep. in this episode. I I feel like if uh, if there was like one effect that defined a character, Jet would be sepia tone. Yep. So, like they, every time it's a Jet plot episode, expect like... 90% increase in sepia tone. <laughs> Jet wants to be a noir detective, and fortunately for him, he's very successful at being a noir <laughs> detective. Um, I also really like the look of the prison ship. It, like, mm. has... There's clearly a lot of consideration in it, because it's got, like, the one... Uh, the cylinder that makes gravity, but it also has, like, several other separate parts of the ship, so you can kind of, like... See it as here's where the guards stay, here's where they keep the prisoners, yeah. kind of thing. And it's I like thought that's pretty cool. It's so different from like every other ship you see because usually you don't see the revolving barrels in these things. 
Yeah, it's a oh, mechanical God. design. It's quite cool because they showed like in the place earlier when the uh, cops were showing up and they like trapped and blew it up. It was supposed to be like a lifeboat and it was like the top part of the ship detached yeah. but it's all separate from the area where all the guard, where the prisoners would have been. Yep. Yeah. Another part I loved about the details of the ship is like uh, at one point they like find some like rocket launchers and shit. Like they find the guards weaponry basically and uh, like, like the guys who are trying to like the, the prisoners or whatever. <clears throat> and they're like, oh, shit, let's go play with these. And they like one of them straps himself into like the how would you even say that? Like the airlock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he like straps himself in with a spacesuit and a rocket launcher. And the dude just <laughs> crashes his ship into it. And it's one of the most beautiful moments <laughs> of this guy just being like, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm the coolest I'm guy. I'm strapped into an airlock with oh, a no. rocket launcher. And then the whole ship just comes and just slams into him. And you're just like, oh, no. He you gets fucking meme like, midguarded. Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah, you shot it down, but uh, well, yeah, me Midgard <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, there's one, it's a tiny shot that really doesn't even matter, but when uh, Ed breaks into the bonsai room and starts watering the plants, like, Ayn and Ed are just dancing, and, like, they didn't need to animate them this fluidly, but, like, they just have the dog <laughs> prancing around in water, and it looks fun. It's so good. <laughs> Very good dog. He never gets to have this kind of fun in the ship. Nope. Uh, I... I also do love that there is a additional payoff to uh, Spike's or uh, Jet's partner ramming his ship into the side of the ship yep. when uh, after uh, Udai like is like going too far and it's like clearly something's going too deep. The other guy's just like "fuck this, I'm out" and runs to the first layer of the airlock and opens the door, assuming there's still an airlock, but unfortunately there isn't. So he just gets he just gets like. Sucked out into the vacuum, no sound, unceremonious as hell death. It's beautiful. And he's the guy the episode started on, too. Yeah, like, it's like the, kind of like the, I don't know, like the... Perspective prisoner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just completely just, like, gone quiet. Nothing. You don't get a moment. Get out of here. It's fun, too, because he doesn't, like, even get sucked into the air. He opens it up, sees that, like, air is rushing out, and then there's just a shot of him floating away. Yep. Scene just cuts to him floating out in space, dead. Yeah, they... They don't even let you see the dramatic part. Like, yep. they're like, no, 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 he doesn't deserve I, this. I feel the show does that a lot. Like, it won't show mm-hmm. the action, but show the effects of the action and have your brain yeah. kind of fill in what happens. And they do yep. it to great effect yeah. in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, one of the best cuts, I think, in this episode is um, when Udai tells Jet, like, hey, your partner did it. And it goes yes. into flashback mode. I was going to bring that up. Um, yeah. It, at the end of the flash, like, it shows the same flashback as before. But, like, towards the end of it, it kind of differs a little bit in that instead of showing Udai's perspective, they show Fad's perspective. And he has, like, a sniper rifle next to the spotlight that he was shining on Jet. Mm-hmm. And, like, it shows him line up the sniper rifle shot, like, in sepia tone, like, about the shoot at the camera. And then it immediately cuts to a front-on shot of Udai getting shot in the side of the head. In, in real back in like reality and like the only reason you can tell that you're back in regular time other than the sepia tone is that he's wearing the glasses now because he wasn't in the past Mm -hmm. and it's suddenly just like wait what yeah it because it it, it absolutely slaps you because you immediately know what just happened but yeah it's just like you don't even know who shot udai immediately at the part but like since it was him in the sepia tone flashback like you know it makes sense Yeah. yeah 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 it's like it's a way that really like naturally leads into it without yep. like actually telling us anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just like it, it implies it to the viewer without you having to, and even if it's only like a suspenseful moment for a quarter of a second, it's like still real. it's a cool quarter of a second. I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just it's good editing. Oh, I loved it. No, I was going to bring that up when you were first talking about match cuts in a different direction. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the uh, end of the episode, the couldn't quit smoking line is 
It's too because cliche they started their first talk was the oh yep I gave up smoking I've been clean for ten whole days when they're still making nice chit chat. I mean I also really love that they set I mean they show you him like emptying his bullets and then only putting one in his gun earlier. Yes, yeah. So you know when like he brings the gun up if you notice that you're like oh he shot him yeah he's he already used that he doesn't have any bullets left but Jack doesn't know that. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's so, one of those things that you can miss if you're not paying attention. Yep. Yeah. But like it, they obviously yeah. foreshadow it. Yeah. So yeah, that episode's uh, kind of fun. But uh, the next episode is one of <laughs> is my very opinion, the best in the series. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but it's like, like I said, it's the Seinfeld episode. Like it doesn't matter at all. But <laughs> what it does with its characters is very fun. In this episode, if they ever made a Cowboy Bebop Kai, which would be stupid because <laughs> you would cut like one episode, it would probably be like this and Toys in the Attic. <laughs> like that's probably the two you would cut. And it, they're so good. What? No, <laughs> like they're so fun. They're perfect. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's funny. The uh, Some of the directors and people that did this show went on to do Space Dandy and they said the entire point of Space Dandy was to do the Mushroom Samba episode just over and over. <laughs> so, God, yeah. So episode, damn, that actually makes me really want to watch Space Dandy. <laughs> Space Dandy is all over the place. Like not in mm-hmm. not in a bad way. It's just that, like there's so much variation. I guess like the show in a way. There's so much variation between like different episodes. It's mostly wacky, but they do get serious at times. But yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> That's for a different episode or a different season of this podcast. Yeah, I know. Um, Give us time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so episode 17 is Mushroom Samba. Uh, we see the Bebop. It has no food in it, which is kind of a reoccurring thing. Um, Jerry's grilling out the crew on who ate the emergency rations, and everybody's denying that they did it. Uh, they are interrupted by a different spaceship hitting the Bebop and then driving They're out, also so. out of fuel, it should be mentioned. Yeah. So they get uh, they get hit and run. Um, they're out of fuel. They can't change the course, so they crash land on Io. Um, after they crash land, like, Faye immediately goes and runs to the toilet. Ha ha, it was her that ate the bad rations. Uh, Spike and Jet were looking expired at the... by a year. Yeah, her stomach didn't sound good either. It was no. making that rumbling. For noise. what it's worth, like a ration is like maybe the one thing that I would actually probably respect the best by date on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff where it's like, yeah, you can lie about it, but like, especially for like a military ration, it's like mm, I'm pretty sure they'd let that go for exactly as long as they're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Spike and Jet start looking around on the Bebop, trying to figure out how they're gonna fix everything. Um, Ed shows up and tries to help, but they kind of shoo her away, saying she's going to get in the way and tell her to go look for food. So she starts walking off around the desert. And when I mean walking off, she's comically walking and rolling around and being kind of a nuisance. But I'm with her. Yes, Ayn is with her this entire time. Um, and they somehow smell watermelons, which I just, <laughs> I just want to really emphasize. They smell watermelons at range. <laughs> at range, they smell watermelons. Like, look. I can believe Kid Rock smelling a pig from a mile away. That's science. But this is ridiculous. A watermelon. She does have a very smart dog with her. True. (laughs) I guess, yeah. Yeah. He'll be the hero soon. They find this guy selling watermelons on the side of the road. They have no money. uh, So he kind of shoes her away. This lady boundary hunter shows up. Her name's Coffee. She looks like she stepped right out of shaft. Um she starts asking for info on this guy. She shows the dude a picture. This uh, guy she's looking for, his name is Domingo. He has like dreads and kind of like a reggae look. Domino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ed and I sneak into the back of her car as she drives off. Very. They uh, fucking spritle her. Yes, they sp- straight up spritle her. I think that's like a direct thing. <laughs> yeah. There's literally incredibly... a shot of like them. It's and... literally animal and child. 
<laughs> it trunk, pans yes. back to the pe- to the trunk of the car. The trunk lifts up slightly, and Ed and Ayn are just sitting there. Like that is literally one for one speed racer. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> of all yeah. references you could pull. And then the best part is when that happens. Yeah, they immediately a cop's just like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, that's not, hey. You kidnapped a child? What? Yeah, so she goes and pulls into a gas station. For whatever reason, there's cops there looking around because I guess there's a drug dealer nearby. Um, So they look around in her car. She lets them. I guess there's no Fourth Amendment. Um, And they find Ed in the back, and so they arrest her. While this is happening, Ed and I kind of walk off. They find Domino, who's walking around on the street eating a hot dog. Um, They run up to him because they want food, but he eats it in front of them. Uh, they get real angry asking for food, and they are interrupted by Shaft, who is a new character showing up. <laughs> this guy's been dragging around a coffin behind him, and he has, like, a very... <laughs> I don't even know, like, jive exploitation thing going on. Like, yes, extremely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, his in particular, his character trait is, like, one of the most dead... Like, I... I wish I knew exactly which black exploitation film it is a reference to because I feel like it is yeah. because it's so dead on of him carrying around a coffin so he could bury you in it, Domino. Like, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like so good. <laughs> yeah, so apparently Shaft's brother died of bad mushrooms, so that's why he's on a vengeance trip. Um, he starts chasing Domino away, and as Domino runs away, he drops a bunch of mushrooms on the ground, which um, Ayn and Ed go over to. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I eats one, kind of looks at the camera for a second, and then, like, hiccups and hops, and then starts hopping away like a rabbit. They and... had so much fun animating Ayn in this set of episodes. <laughs> yes. We're going to make a dog high ethically. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed sees this and wonders what's up with the mushroom. So she goes and has an experiment where she goes back to the Bebop, which has crashed, and just leaves them on plates in front of it. And so we see they have a little tent set up and you get three separate scenes of each other member of the crew seeing a mushroom like just laying out on a plate for them and being like, well, it's great too." because Faye looks up like kind of skeptical and suspicious. She's like, I don't know why this would be here, but, you know, if no one's going to take it, I'll take it. So she eats it. Then we see it's like imagine if there was like a carrot. Tied to a stick under a box, but instead it was a hallucinogenic mushroom. That's the whole trap. That's what this scene was three times in a row, <laughs> like including yeah, the, the way they react is Sp- differently. Sp- yep. Yeah. Oh, I just love spikes because Spike just walks up and then walks away, and the mushroom's gone, and they're just like, mm-hmm, "Good, he's good." <laughs> Every time. Yeah, like sleight of hand it, and like Jet looks at it, he's like completely disbelieving that there'd be food here. It's like, well, I have to be thankful the food is here, and he just eats it. There's no way this is real, but if it is real, I couldn't pass it up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, if it's it's not real, then there's no harm in me eating it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they all start walking around the spaceship, and then, like, there's a cut of each of them just hiccuping, and their eyes just sort of gray out a bit. These edibles ain't shit. Yeah, so they start having their own hallucinogenic trips. Uh, Spike apparently is walking up a stairway to heaven, and a frog tells him... that this is a stairway to heaven, but he just ignores the it's frog. So good. Spikes is so dumb. Like, Shut up, frog. Love, Get out of my way. I love that the man with the least imagination on the planet, in fact, has the most boring hallucination. It's just really long stairs, and there's a frog that's like, Sir, you you know you don't you shouldn't be here. I don't got time for this. I got stairs to climb. And then it cuts out to him on the stairs in the bridge, just shuffling his feet. 
yeah. it's like yeah the, the thing where it's like two stairs yep. to get from one layer to another so like he's stuck on one stair <laughs> yeah so we see Faye uh, she went into the bathroom before her hallucination hallucination and now she like had shrunk and is also now being flooded by the toilet and swimming with fish uh, we cut over the jet he's just in his bonsai room talking to bonsais about like the secrets of the universe or something he has the best old man hallucination. He has such an old man trip of just like, ah, the secrets of the universe, I understand. Like, he's just talking things out with his plans. It yeah. may be 2072, but Jet is having a hallucination from the 1960s. Look, Jet talks his plants all the time. It's just the first time they've talked back. True. Yeah, that's true. So, Ed and I seem to us to just kind of leave. They go over and watch Big Shots, which I guess is on the TV outside, and they see that Domino is worth a bounty because he's been selling bad mushrooms. So they decide, of course, they would have to go after him to get money for food. Uh, we cut over to the police station. Uh, Coffee's being interrogated by a cop who gets a call from, I guess, his girlfriend and just ignores her for a while. Uh, so she sees Ed outside and runs after her. Um, we also see Shaft, who is eating ice cream, or shaved ice, I think. Oh, uh, the, the scene chases. is so good because the old men are in it. <laughs> well, it's great because like he sees Ed and like wants to go chase her, but like doesn't want to leave the shaved ice, so he eats it real fast and then gets a, t- a uh, brain freeze. The old men come <laughs> over and try to tell him like techniques for getting rid of the brain freeze, including eat a mushroom. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So um, Ed's driving around on her scooter. She eventually finds Domino's crash ship. He was the guy who did the hit and run. Um, he's growing a lot of mushrooms inside of it. Uh, they eventually chase, she eventually chases him out um, and chases him along a train track. Uh, Shaft and Coffee uh, give chase as well, and there's a like train top chase scene. This whole scene is incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Shaft and Coffee end up crashing eventually, and um, Ed falls on top of Domino. Uh, the train eventually stops, and when Ed is on top of Domino, Ed or Domino thinks that like you know she has come for him, this like ten year old to collect the <laughs> bounty. But Domino's like starts pleading, saying like, "Hey, take these mushrooms; they're worth more than my bounty." Um, and then kind of gives them the Ed and leaves. So we cut back to the bebop. The crew is coming down from their trip. Uh, they find that Ed has a bunch of mushrooms, and like she's trying to explain that all these mushrooms are worth like ten thousand dollars each or something. When the uh, cops show up again looking for mushrooms, they all think that they're about to get busted for having illegal drugs. But uh, it turns out that the mushrooms... It's even better. Like, (laughs) they managed to almost get the cops to go away. And they almost managed to get through it. And then Spike, who's still tripping, just walks out holding the bag. (laughs) (laughs) The literal bag, yeah. It's like the worst case situation where, yeah, like, you have the one friend who's tripping who, like, won't stop screaming that he needs to go to a hospital. And you're like, shut (laughs) up, dude, there's cops. We're gonna be fine, dude. Just shut the fuck off. The cops are here. Yeah. Yeah. So the cop uh, goes over to the bag with the mushrooms and scans them, but they're just normal shiitake mushrooms and not actual hallucinogenic ones. Um, We get a time skip. We get to see that Ed is chowing down on some mushroom stir-fry stuff, and the rest of the crew is sick of having mushrooms because that's all they've eaten for weeks, apparently. A four-course meal of mushrooms. Yeah. Bell peppers and beef the dessert of mushrooms. Mushrooms <laughs> on ice. <laughs> Yum. Dessert. It's dessert because mm. it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good, too, because I think in the original, or at least according to the subtitles, it was not much, like mushrooms on ice, but the delivery in the dub is just absolutely perfect because you yeah, can hear like how disappointed dessert or is. something, but yeah, they made it sound even worse. And like it's mushrooms great. on ice. <laughs> Name my new uh, ice capades. (laughs) Yeah, so this this episode, despite having really nothing going on, has a lot of fun shots that they went with. 
Uh, like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode, they're talking about who ate the you know emergency rations. There's like this Michael Bay Bruckheimer spin thing going on where like it shows like all of them sitting around this table as the camera pans. Maybe it was you. Like they try and sell it as the most serious thing. It it it's what makes it work. Like they play it so seriously, and then it's you know Jets going Faye's full noir go, too. Faye's got to do a dump. <laughs> yeah, like that's the joke at the end is Faye got to do a poopy. <laughs> it's. It, Oh, it's funny as hell. There's also a good shot before we get the title card of this episode of the Bebop. Like, it's this sign that's just sitting in the middle of this desert, and it's like has this fish eye on it. And you see, like, the Bebop just, like, fly through the atmosphere. But it yes. lingers on this sign for, like, 45 seconds to a minute before, like, the crash happens. Just to yeah, show, like, just how like, desolate it is. It's a streak in the background that is, like, less than a quarter of the screen, mm. and that's it. Um,. Some fun shots. They had fun animating Ed for this episode when she leaves the ship to go look for food. Like she puts on socks and then decides that they're not for her and they like rips them off. And, like, Fuck these things. Walking outside with like that Vince McMahon kind of weird wavy yes. arm walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the walking with your shoulders yeah. the whole way. <laughs> she also like head rolls everywhere and lays around. Yeah, they just had fun animating her. They also had fun animating all the, like the backgrounds. Like the whole set piece for this is like American Southwest desert yep. prairie kind of thing. Oh god, yeah. This is also, like it, when you can't even farm it, it just sucks. Yeah. Also, uh Ein, they have a ton of fun animating Ein. Like there was a part of the beginning where when like Faye is in the bathroom the whole time, yes. Ein just like walks back and forth, but it's like <laughs> a very like uptight, like, oh come on, please walk out of a dog. <laughs> yes. Which if you've ever seen a dog do that, yep. it's a very specific action and they nailed it just <laughs> perfectly. And then when Ein does just start hopping down the street, it's so bizarre <laughs> and it's so funny looking. Like, oh, they did a great job with it. It's got this cute little sound effect too that just sells like, oh, this dog's tripping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a the scene where Coffee hands over uh, buys the melon originally and like hands over the information about like if you see this guy call me for whatever reason they slow mo the her putting money in the dude's hand and picking up the melon like I don't know like why stylistically that happens but it's like really funny to watch this guy open up like a ten dollar bill with a picture inside in slow motion <laughs> I don't know. There's also um, when Ed sees uh, Domino has the uh, like hot dog and she's really hungry. Like there's a shot through his legs of her running at him like Sir Lancelot style. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's like Screaming. a block away and they let you see the entire thing of her running up. <laughs> um, there's some good comedic timing. Uh, Shaft uh, early talking about dragging around this coffin so he yes. could put Domino's corpse in it. And, like, it shows the shot of the coffin over Shaft's shoulder, and then a truck just runs over it, like, immediately. Breaks it, and it never gets joke. made shit again. <laughs> yeah. just, so the other thing that bam. makes this pretty funny is, on the whole, uh, Domino is not, like, a super criminal or anything. Like, the last guy we just dealt with, Domino's a mushroom dealer, yep. man. And he's, like, All about as competent as a mushroom dealer <laughs> so like he's walking around with this bag and yeah shaft runs up and he's like i want to put your corpse inside this that's why i'm carrying it and he's just kind of like wait what i don't follow and then the truck explodes the casket and he's like wait so what now <laughs> like, it's like this wild mismatch here and it's so good like, he's yeah he's just kind of a doofus like yeah, everyone acts like he's this like of the previous episode this is all yeah. just insanity um some more fun stuff is when they show uh, the three crew members that are high, like it shows their like perspective of the trip and stuff, but it also like each of them cuts the edge yep. just watching them squatting outside. 
And yeah, it's really funny to see Spike walk up and down on the same stair for Faye to be in the bathroom just swimming like she's a fish. <laughs> Jet just talking to his plants. Jet just having a laugh with his fun trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also so like some of the minor characters in this, like the cop that arrested Coffee, like he gets a call from his girlfriend in the middle of the interrogation, and then guy like, kind of like annoyed and embarrassedly like, walks over to the other section of this police station to take the call and starts arguing with his girlfriend. Which is it's literally like a tiny little corner office that's probably way too hot. Yeah, and and Coffee, the bounty hunter, she's just annoyed the entire time that she has to deal with this guy. Um, The fun stuff at the end of the episode, um, I'm trying to think here. Ed eventually finds the spaceship where Domino's in built. um, It was the the hit and run ship, by the way. And he's been growing his mushrooms in there. And he actually has a, a line where it's like, well, this one's bad. Picks it, throws it in the bag, and that's the bag that he gives Ed at the end. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because, like, Ed shows up with, like, these two squirt guns that are filled with, like, gas or something. And she's like, I'm going to give you the stink gas. And so she sprays it. And we see, like, reaction of Domino, like, coughing like it's, like, tear gas or something. And then it cuts over the Ed and I and also coughing. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any protection Didn't on. think this yeah. through too much. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, so when they leave the spaceship, it goes into the chase scene. This is, um, puts the track Mushroom Samba, which is a very funny track. But, oh, like, everything God. All that- the music... In this is just so yeah, like this entire train scene is done to music cues, and so like uh, first off, there's like a lot of low wide angle shots. There's also like no dialogue in for most of this chase scene. It's just kind yep. of silent with the soundtrack. Yeah, like luckily, I-, I think part of the reason they did that is because it's Ed and Ayn who are like the main characters we're kind of paying attention to, and they have no qualms in animating Ed as wild as possible to yep. get emotions across if necessary. <laughs> yeah, like they've during the beginning of the chase scene, like Domino catches a ride on this train and leaves just Ed standing there, and instead of chasing after like any of the other Bebop crew members, she just like kind of has a temper tantrum and stomps around for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Yeah, like she goes like full wacky waving inflatable arm tube man a couple times in this episode yes. and it's always quite good <laughs> but yeah there's a couple of musical cues like coffee shows up in our car and like one of the downbeats for the brass instruments coming in and like there's also um ed doing stuff on the scooter when the verse ends um there's a super detailed shot of um who was it shaft falling off the top of the train onto coffee's yes. car yeah, yeah. And the yeah. car just like spinning the fuck out and flipping exploding and it's super over the top and it's really <laughs> funny it's so funny because it explodes and then it just hard cuts to like domino on or uh, not domino of uh shaft on top of coffee and like it, them all just like dirtied and stuff but like it was clearly a lethal explosion they, and then it just extremely cuts away, like, yeah they looney tuned it <laughs> yeah, real hard like, yeah it rules <laughs> yeah um, at the end of the uh train chase like uh, the train stops because there's a cow in the middle of the track oh. and, and that's where um ed starts talking to uh, domino about everything but after that's all done ein goes off over and barks at the cow and it's subtitled that he's thanking the Thanks. cow and the cow's like no problem <laughs> so good no problem bro Ayn is a hero. Ayn handled it. Yeah, and then yeah, the last part. One of, of the, oh, go ahead. There, there are more than a few times where Ayn actively contributes sometimes the most of the crew, and this is one of yep. them, and it rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last thing is when all the Bebop crew members are coming down from their trip, like Spike is on the top of the Bebop, like the total top of it, just like sitting there. And Climbed up? And, yeah, Faye's like on the ground covered in toilet paper, and Jet has a lot of lipstick on <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but delicious. It's quite fun. 
yeah, that episode <sighs> is just wacky and it's a fun interlude, I guess. Yeah, the- again, it's one of those things where they like, especially after. I feel like because since we had such a serious one with Jet that like even the ending, if you like, it was closure. It still was very sad. You really <laughs> need to calm down. Episode, episode which, and yeah. boy, yeah. how you use this one? Yeah. It's also a good break before going into the next episode, which is also kind of yeah. serious. The, the next episode yeah. is kind of whiplashy, I would say, because yeah. most of it's pretty yeah. happy, fun times. And then the end, and it just kind of yeah, gets bittersweet. Kind of hits you like a truck. Yeah, so let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> 18. episode 18 is speak like a child. Um, beginning of this episode is Jet doing laundry. Uh, well, the beginning of this episode is Faye at the horse racing, losing. Losing. And Spike <laughs> fishing, uh, and also losing his catch, which is kind of funny. But um, I have to look this one up. Jet is telling Ed a story in the beginning of this. And this is the story of uh, Urashami oh, yeah. Taro. It's, I guess, like Japanese yeah, folklore. It's, yeah, it's a folklore of a uh, of like a fisherman who ends up like going under the sea with some mermaids for whatever reason. And um, like living and partying with them and having a wonderful time and being great friends. And uh, as he left, they handed him a package, like a gift, and said, like, here, take this, don't open it, you know, like, but here you go, like, thanks for hanging out with Good us, luck. don't open it, and he left, and uh, it was, like, an entirely different time, like, he thought he had only been gone for a week, but it turns out it had been, you know, like, years hundreds of years or whatever, yeah, and then, so the whole thing is, eventually the box gets opened and all of his age returns to him because it was like all that time was being put in the box is kind of the idea. Yeah. So, so um, the lesson yeah. here is don't trust the fae. <laughs> and oh, don't open I was the damn box. Say the, yeah, it was, yeah, don't <laughs> open a box. If a wizard gives you a box and says, hey, don't open that, no, they probably mean it. The like, very first the thing is don't you. go off with the fae in the first place <laughs> and certainly do not eat anything they give you. Do these people not grow up hearing these stories? You eat, you're stuck there forever. Don't do it. No. Oh, no. In the United States, we're, like, cool with them. We, like, <laughs> hang out with the Jersey Devil and shit. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, we uh, have a much more relaxed relationship with our... Uh... With our fake creatures. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jet tells out this story, which won't come up and is not thematically appropriate at all. No. I don't know why he would even say this. Um, yeah, so while they're talking on the deck of the Bebop, this, like, Amazon drone drops them a package off. And... Um, it's apparently cash on delivery, so like Jet's pissed off that he had to pay for it. It was for Faye. She lands, gets out, and like he's like, I got this thing, you gotta pay for it. And so she's like, fuck this, and takes off and leaves. <laughs> yeah, he, he um, just he shows her the package and she's like, Oh Jesus, that's my debtors, and fucks yeah. off out of there. Yeah, she doesn't want anything to do with it. So Spike is whatever, he opens the package and inside it's a tape. Uh, he doesn't know this. He starts kind of like pulling out like the magnetic ribbon and stuff. Cause... Oh my god! This like, I, so remember. <laughs> I, I guess for like people who are too young, it won't be as nails on a chalkboard for you. But if you ever owned VHSs, yeah, pulling out watching Spike do this is violence. This is like a low key version of Interne Gundam when they didn't know what a nuke was. Yeah. And they were like fucking around with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, exactly but a tape. Like, like it's, it's just watching Spike handle a tape and be like, hmm, wonder if I lift up in this flap no! and see what's in here. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, while Spike's playing around with it, Jet and Ed kind of track back through the uh, UPS tracking number shit. And apparently it's been forwarded for years. Um, and they long, get far enough back in like, the shipping invoice that like they don't have any information before 2022, which was when the gate accident was. So like it's a mystery who it came to. And so they're like, okay, maybe we could go figure out what this is. They bring it to like a collector of like uh, pre-gate disaster stuff. 
that, you know, just collecting old videotapes and stuff. The collector starts talking. This guy is basically comic book nerd, but for videotapes. Um, he eventually gets This is a Betamax work- nerd. Yeah, he eventually gets it working, and they start watching the contents of the tape. It's this, like, home movie, and there's this uh, teenage purple-haired girl in it, but they don't really get a good look because the tape deck starts eating the tape. And so Spike, of course, kicks it because he thinks he's the Fonz, and he ends up breaking the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on the Bebop, the collector keeps calling them incessantly because they want compensation. Jet's having none of this, and Jet's mad because it's difficult to get a Betamax player anymore. But Jet's also like kind yeah. of curious, and he wants to see what's on the tape. So he makes Ed figure out where they can go find one. Apparently, there's a museum on Earth that was abandoned that had a whole bunch of like old tape stuff in it. So they go and fly off the Earth. The Museum of 90s Technology here on Earth. <laughs> Get that zip disk going. <laughs> um, Faye, we cut over the Faye. She's winning on dogs. She apparently is switched completely over to dog betting now. because And it's working. Nervous. Yeah. She calls up the Bebop and learns that they have left her on Mars. And she's kind of lonely about this and upset. Uh, we get a montage for a good long while of Spike and Jet doing a whole bunch of urban exploration in, I guess, this underground mall that used to be in Tokyo. And the track that it is, is like, playing yeah. is the most, like, Dora the Explorer adventurer <laughs> bullshit, and it's beautiful. I think it's the egg and well, I was it, playing there, yeah. I have it in my notes. Yeah, and it's great because it's like this super light kind of fun, goofy music, except, like, they're in very real danger. Like this is like urban exploration going bad. An elevator elevator almost breaking with them in it. Yeah, like it's this place is flooded and completely falling apart and derelict. And if they died, no one would find them for millennia. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's totally this kind of thing of the music would have been appropriate if this mall was still open and functioning <laughs> and a mall and they were just in a mall going to get a Betamax player. But like, yeah, it's this. It's just this fun like like kind of contrast of they've made this very basic little place like into a harrowing fucking dungeon yep. just by age yeah so they eventually uh find the museum place and they like go up and there's just a wall of vcrs and betamaxes and they're like i don't know which one to take just take the biggest one it's probably so, the best there's a funny shot of them carrying the shit out on their shoulders and they're looking really happy like they just won the treasure hunt or something jet has a crt so he's ready to play melee and <laughs> spike has this very large Thing that will definitely play a cassette tape. God, now I'm just imagining there's still going to be melee players in the year 2070-something. Probably. And they're still going to be fighting over all three of the Hello Kitty CRTs <laughs> left on the planet. <laughs> so yeah, they take the uh, tech tape deck and everything back to Mars. Um, they go to put in the tape. It doesn't work. They got a VHS player. And they are supremely disappointed that they got the wrong one. Also, the, the nerd actually ex- started explaining the difference between beta and VHS. So they just, they 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 clocked out. out. And was told to shut up, and they didn't care. (laughs) As he deserved. And now, unfortunately, they should have cared, yeah. (laughs) So we cut back over the Faye. Uh, She has lost all of her money on the dogs. Um, She calls up Ed. (laughs) Um, She eventually calls up Ed and asks um, if anyone was there looking for her. And Ed explains that there was an angry man about looking for tapes, and she thinks it may be for her, but it was just that nerd talking. Also, a small detail I love here of all the little shots of Faye betting is when it first shows her, like, losing on the horses, she only has, like, three or four tickets in her hand. And then the first time she wins on the dogs, she has, like, yeah, like, maybe, like, four or five. And then when they show her losing on the dogs, she's got, like, a fucking coupon book. Like, it's, like, 600 goddamn tickets. 
Yeah. Like, clearly it's a matter of, like, no, she could have just walked yep. away and done very well, but that's nope, <laughs> that's not what and an addiction is. And also it's great is. that, like, after she does this, she fucking sour grapes. She's like, oh, I didn't want to lose anyway. Or I didn't want to win anyway. Yeah, she's, or she's just like, yeah, it's all just based on luck, <laughs> even though she clearly could have walked away yep. if it was not an addiction. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so after talking with Ed, she decides kind of like an assumed air way to uh, she's got to go back to the Bebop. Um, as she's arriving, another package is delivered to the Bebop. By the way, it's kind of funny. The first package arrived with a little drone that had a tortoise on it, and this one has yes. a bear on it, which is funny. But um, this time, it's another package. Uh, Jet doesn't want to pay for it, but Spike rips it up. It's or rips into it. It's a Betamax player, and so they're kind of happy now. Yeah. They can screen the movie. Um, they're setting up the movie. Faye walks on. Uh, on board and it's like hey you know what, what do you got going you want to watch a movie but Jet's like if you want to watch it you have to pay for it and so she's being a chief skate just kind of leaves mm-hmm. but she is spying on them from the hallway because you know of course she wants to <clears throat> they start up the tape it's a home movie of Faye and her friends when she was a teenager um, they apparently the old uh, younger Faye was going to send this tape to herself 10 years in the future well like she did send it to herself because she was the original source of it. Yeah. They basically yeah. mailed it, like, as a time capsule kind of thing. Yeah, so Young Faye is, like, super embarrassed and shy, and, like, she says, like, she can't imagine what 10 years is going to be like from now, and she's hmm. super optimistic, and, like, I'm going to have the best future, and I may cause people trouble, but I'm doing the best I can. And, like, she tells her future self to live her best life and cheer, cheers her on. And, like, while this is happening, like, Jet and Spike kind of are, like, watching this, and they're, I don't know... God, it's hard to describe the emotion they kind of convey there. It's kind of introspective and almost like pitiful to like what Faye is doing. And Faye is watching this from the hallway behind her and she's like on the verge of tears because she can't remember any of this. And like the fact yeah. that she lost her memories and doesn't know what her old self was like is just kind of destroying her. It's and kind like of so the- incredibly real to her now, like... When you don't have your memories, they're kind of just abstract. But if someone yeah. tells you they know you, it's like, what? Yeah, And yeah, and especially if that someone is the you that is no longer there as far as you now are concerned. Yeah. It's, the episode ends yeah. with young Faye like, cheering her older self on, and that's it. And it's yep. kind of like and then, depressing. Yeah, her cheering her on, and like, there's like a couple cuts of Faye just, like, just doing everything to not break out crying, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird the like you said the pacing of that episode like it's fun happy go lucky stuff in the beginning and then the last like five minutes or so it just kind of kicks you. Yep. Well, and it's perfect. Like the intro of that of that fable is like perfect for it. Yep. That's kind of how the fable well, yeah. goes too. Yeah. Is it's just like this fish man goes on a fun little journey underwater and it's all fun party times and there's a box and he's not supposed to open it and then he opens it and it's terrible for everyone. <laughs> Why did you open it? And like that's kind of what this is. It's just like they're on their goofy treasure thing and obviously it's a little more grounded and stuff. But they're on their little treasure hunt and they come back and you know they're just having a fun time. Like oh let's look at our treasure and then they open it and it's a bad time for everyone <laughs> it's yeah yeah so um fun stuff in this one is uh i mean like the beginning uh when she's betting on the horses it play it cuts between um the horse betting and spike fishing and like she loses at the same time spike loses the fish it's the perfect way to fish. enter the episode and kind of easy into the very heavy-handed metaphor they they start off with or allegory yeah. they start off with yeah. I, I like the fact that the Bebop is like parked or moored, I guess, since it's in water on like this harbor on Mars, and it has like this very Hong Kong feel to it. And yep. like the Hong Kong feel of the city continues on when they go later on and try to find the collector 
like there's a quick montage of them walking through the city and it's very um, urban dense small yep. tight crowded market yeah mm-hmm. tiny little shop where like everything is a wall or every wall has a shelf on it yeah yeah and there's like yeah you have to like kind of sneak between shelves that kind of yeah densely super dense pack yep. there's a couple of uh, nice details i like for example when they show her the tape that's been forwarded to her it has like a million different stickers on it like this thing <laughs> yeah, been i love this idea of just like this tape has been going forward for literally a hundred years now and you know they've just every address has just had another forwarding address so it's kind of just been en route all this time you know it's it very like the, uh, relatable service yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's um some more like uh character stuff like i said earlier spike and jet having no idea what a tape is is funny uh, oh was god it's so long and like nose. it's probably even weirder to watch in 2020 huh like <laughs> This tech is basically already dead. Yeah, there are people who don't know what it is. Like, like genuinely you, don't know. Like you watch these videos of like young children given an original Game Boy and they're trying to use it like it's a touchscreen and like yeah. I'm just kind of sad. But I know that's how that's going to work was in the gonna, future. I was going to say, uh, if you are interested in learning more about VHS and beta <laughs> when that guy started talking... There's actually a YouTube channel called Technology yep. Connections, yeah. and a dude does a great series on literally exactly that, and I love it. So if you're the person who would have stopped and listened to that nerd <laughs> and been like, yeah, fuck me up, dude. Tell me about beta tapes. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, on that note, that collector guy, uh, he is actually like a great bit part character because when they first walk into the shop, like they would go to start talking to him, but like he stops them because he's watching, I guess, like a 90s soap opera, and it, it is the Days of our it's, lives. It's, it's the <laughs> most garbage shit too like it's the most filler television like it holy shit like it's like full house ass shit i wrote i wrote it (laughs) on a line because like apparently the uh, the two people on the tv were brother and sister and they have the line i'm here with my twin sister and then she replies i'm glad twin brother like in the most good it is so forced like you can tell when you tell a voice actor to please do a bad voice like they fucking go for it. <laughs> and it is so perfect. And then he's, he, he looks up when they're there and it's like, the 19 or the 20th century shows really were so much better than the crap we have yeah. these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. He starts going on comic book style about the differences between VHS and Tape Dick, and Spike, Spike and Jet are just fucking zoned out. They do not care. It's pretty fun. Um,. <laughs> I do like the attention the detail they have during when they start showing the home movie of Faye. It is shot like it is a home movie. It's just a bunch yes. of nothing. Like it's shots like out of the ground. The tape deck moves around a lot, yeah. and then there's just nothing and happening. Yeah, like it. Yeah, like the scene just kind of wiggling around, and then her running in front of the camera and being like, "Oh, geez, okay, here we go." And like, I, yeah, that kind of I shit. I turned on the also, camcorder a... to make sure it was working while we were walking to the side to the place. Yes, kind of shit. Yeah, there. There's one part where she just like looks at a thing in her hand and then kind of looks forward, and it's like, yeah, just really someone who is operating a camera for the first time, kind of stuff. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, the stuff when they go to old Tokyo, it does like, it's very reminiscent of those underground ball complexes they have, but like, it's to the extreme, of course, since it's the future. Um, the whole urban exploration part, like we said, the music is completely different than what it should be. Like they could have died several times. Like it, it literally starts with them the ladder falls down, breaking you know? into an elevator shaft, going below the elevator and like belaying down as the elevator gives out and nearly hits them. And they, yeah, barely cling to the wall in time, and the elevator misses them by an inch. 
and then like shortly thereafter they're climbing down a ladder and the ladder just snaps with them hundreds of feet above the ground. <laughs> I think they would use the buddy rope system or something, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's also there's, there's a great shot. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a great shot of Spike like sliding down a handrail, which was clearly like a concrete staircase originally. But now it's literally just a, high, a handrail lying out, you know, like floating out in space. And yeah, and he's like sliding down the banister backwards on his butt, yep. like just kind of squeaking <laughs> along. Yeah. Yep. And it's just, it's so fucking funny and like weird to see this kind of stuff in a sci-fi film. It's also the at the end when they get the VHS and CRT and they bring it out. There's a quick cut between them being very happy that they found it. Like the shot of the Bebop's engines and them going through hyperspace, and then them trying to put the tape inside the player, and it just the beta not fitting. tape in the VHS player. Yeah. It won't fit. Yeah, what so do you mean? I mean, it won't fit. Jet, what do you think? Put it in harder. No, they won't. Yeah, <laughs> like and that's it's... when Ed like leans over and says, "Oh, that's the wrong one," and they look so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I also love this idea that when she mailed herself a beta tape, she was like, wait, but what if she doesn't have a player for it in 10 years? We'll have that show up in 10 years in one day. <laughs> and then she mailed a fucking beta player, a Betamax player. What do you mean we don't have anything that can play composite out? I'm going to have to send the CRT now. <laughs> yeah, then we'll at the end of the episode where they actually start showing the full tape that she has, like, they've. I don't know how old Faye's supposed to be, like, I don't know, early teens. Probably, like, like tw- I would guess 12 to 13-ish. Yeah, but, like, she's yeah. kind of, like, a dork and shy but optimistic, and it's completely different than, like, the, um, I don't know, carefree but kind of cold. Completely jaded Yeah, at the same Faye. time. Like, I think jaded is a really important part of Faye's character. Yes. Like, she just is so over everything at this point in her life. Uh, the world <laughs> fucking sucks. That's what medical debt does to you. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, and it's also the music that's playing here is the track Poor Faye, and it's a kind of a somber uh, piano version of it. So yeah, the crew's reactions of them just not like putting together that this is the person they know, but like it's completely different and that she does not know about this is just kind of sad. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. The end of this, like, again, this episode is such hard whiplash. For everything that goes on, because it is this lighthearted adventure, and you're like, "Ooh, what is on the tape?" And it it really just kind of turns out that it destroys her a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. We follow this episode up with one that's a bit more fun. Um, episode nineteen, <laughs> maybe a little bit weird uh, after two thousand three, though. <laughs> okay, look, 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 look. They had no way of Anytime knowing. Anytime you watch an anime, there is a like solid 95% chance that either the Twin Towers or the Space Shuttle Columbia is going to be in it. <laughs> we just yeah. happen to roll Space Shuttle Columbia. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you want towers exploding, there's a later episode for that. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. up. <laughs> so, Wild horses. I mean, we're, we're just going to look back in three years when uh, the moon explodes and just think, ah, oh, they warned True. us. Yeah. We so, um, <laughs> episode 19 is Wild Horses. Uh, we see an intro of Spike on Earth. He's hitchhiking. Uh, his uh, plane, the swordfish, has crash-landed on Earth someplace in a desert, and he's waiting for a tow. Uh, we see Jet and Faye. They're out in space. Uh, Faye is in her red tail and just kind of floating around, and I guess they're using her as bait to capture some pirates that have bounties. Back on Earth, um, a guy shows up in the tow truck for the spaceship. It's Miles. He's the assistant to... Uh, 
Duhan, which is the guy that Spike is trying to talk to. And he's a real big Blue Sox fan. Yeah, this guy is totally into baseball and has the radio going like crazy and has lots of opinions on baseball. Like, he's... It's not just this guy's into baseball. He's a baseball guy. He's a season ticket like, holder for, you know, years. For a, yeah. for the Pirates. Like... Yeah, for a bad team with a good announcer. Yeah, it's one of those. Like, he was a fan of the Seattle Mariners, yep. like, before Griffey was involved. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, he's chatting off Spike's ear about baseball as they tow the swordfish back to this boneyard um, for overhaul, because that's why Spike's there. They meet Duhan, who's this like grizzled mechanic ex-pilot dude. Um, Duhan is like all business. This Doc Martin ass. <laughs> yeah, very fucking Dr. Martin. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this boneyard's weird. It has a whole bunch of old jets and shit around, and apparently the space shuttle, like it's obvious that it's the space shuttle, even though they don't show it all of it. Like there's a you scene get of, the three back burners and there's sort of like a slight bit of the nose at the front of it, but it's encased in this giant like concrete building shell. And and you can also see like the carbon fiber underneath that kind of like square paneling that's so yeah. definitive to the bottom of a shuttle. Yeah, and Spike yeah. makes a note like he's still trying to repair this old thing, you know. Yep. But uh, he's like, it's not even compatible with the mono system. What's the point? So this is. A vehicle that was created before we had full autopilot with orbs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Duhan walks out and takes an inventory of the wrecked up swordfish and starts ordering parts. Um, back in space, the pirates do show up and eventually end up uh, hacking the Redtail uh, phase ship. Uh, phase ship, since it's hacked, starts shooting up the hammerhead, which is jet ship. Um, they also, they hack- also hack it by shooting it with a harpoon. Yeah, which, that should beautiful. be noted. It's kind of a plot point later. Yep. Uh, they also hack the Bebop, which starts spinning in circles since it has nothing else to do. The pirates escape, and Jet is super pissed that like his ship got shot up and also hacked. He's also pissed that they thought it was a piece of shit. Yes, yes. Like, how dare call it an old shift. He's like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> how dare you? Only I'm allowed to call it a piece of shit. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Spike is on Earth waiting for his ship to be repaired, so he calls... Um, or it's kind of comes out. So he starts looking around in like the lobby area here. Duhan apparently built the swordfish and also gave it to him. And this guy used to be an ex pilot racer. And now he's just a machine head. Uh, the repair parts come and they start getting installed. Duhan notices that like, there's also this other computer thing being sold. And these computers go for a lot normally. And apparently like he's suspicious that it's stolen goods. Uh, Fate calls up Spike system. Yeah. Fate calls up Spike to tell him about the pirates. And like through this back and forth monologue here, they eventually realize that this, computer system has been stolen by the pirates this great after. scene of like just match for match line until they both say with yeah. a with a pink penguin on it yeah. and yeah they figure out and then yeah they both they both turn to each other at the same time like spike on the phone and do hand and there's like what <laughs> yeah so um spike eventually flies his or spike eventually gets a ship back on the bebop um jet is super mad at the pirates he wants to go after them because of the bounty and also because they fucked around with them <laughs> um, he says like they can go after him but they can't get shot by the harpoons or they'll hit the virus and then in, vo- in order to avoid getting the virus you can use these mono radio systems or something I don't or no he just throws him like he just throws him just dead oh, ass was, yeah. a radio yeah, yeah so just they a radio can talk and he just hacked yeah the idea being that Jet has a transmitter like an FM transmitter on the ship somehow still and yeah he just throws him this radio go ham radio and yeah it, it's great because right away like Spike turns it on and it just starts playing a Blue Sox game and he's just like, oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) He was already sick of baseball guy and the first thing he turns on is bottom of the ninth, we got three up and he's just like, ah. (laughs) 
So yeah, they uh, eventually start. Uh, they go out and find. Uh, go, to, go to the space station where the pirates were last seen, and through some shenanigans, they eventually find and chase them out of the space station area into Earth's orbit. Uh, Spike goes after them in the Swordfish, uh, but he eventually gets his ship hacked, harpooned and hacked. Um, the pirates also hack themselves. Apparently, they did not have antibodies or anti-hacking programs. Uh, their ship that was Bjork... basically Jet's plan, was to get them to hack themselves. <laughs> Yeah, so their ship uh, deorbits and explodes, and in order to prevent the Bebop from getting stabbed by more of these hacking harpoon things, uh, Spike's swordfish takes the hit, and this kind of knocks it offline even more than it was. Uh, Spike starts deorbiting in his uh, swordfish and thinks that he's done for, but since Duhan and uh, Miles were listening to them over the radio, they realized that uh, they need to be saved. And yeah. so, and I, I, lo- I love the way they intro this too because it's like specifically Spike and Jet are having this back and forth really quick of like, okay, what can we do? What can we do? And they're like, they're both really into it. And then Jet says like one more thing. He's like, okay, but then, and then Spike's just like, fuck it, man. And he's just like, what? What's wrong? And he just like cuts to him lighting a cigarette. He's like, I'm out of fuel, man. I got nothing left. Like, we're done. Like, that's all. Like, just the fact that as soon as Spike's like, yeah, this is actually it, like, he just immediately is like, well, I got no reason to struggle anymore. Better have one for the road. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Duhan, uh, they have shots of the hangar opening, and we see the Space Shuttle Columbia there with a bunch of, like, rockets on the side of it. Um, there's some shots of it taking off and going into orbit. Spike and Jet are working together to try to navigate his ship towards the Columbia. He um, also he- takes off with the Space Shuttle, like, on a ramp. <laughs> Yeah, like airplane style. It doesn't have yeah. like the boosters and everything. Oh, it's even better than that. It's fucking... He, he's using like tow hooks attached to the ground. So it's like being held to the ground by hooks. And then he like hits some nose jets Burns that he attached the to the front of it to like t- tilt it up at an angle and then like cracks all the wires. So it just shoots straight up at full speed instantly. It's ridiculous. I love yeah. it. It's like... It's like a fusion of how you kind of launch stuff off of an airship carrier, like an air an air deck, you know, yeah. yep. as opposed to yeah, just like a traditional first, so shuttle go, launch. It takes off as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So Spike and Jet work on trying to get him towards the Columbia as it comes up. Um, he eventually does pilot his way into the uh, hangar bed of the space shuttle. Um, he thinks he's out of in the clear now, but then it comes at the Columbia being old as it is, just falling apart. And so... It kind of ends on the episode of them yelling as the thing re-enters, and then there's a shot of the inside of the hangar area where they were had the earlier part of the episode, and there's a picture of them with the crash Columbia behind them on the Polaroid of the Columbia, yeah, corkboard or whatever, on that corkboard. Yeah. So, so uh, if you don't know, if you weren't alive really or were three like at the time. time. Or, or not American, because yeah. I had no idea what True. you guys were talking about. It was not, it was not old news. Okay. Yeah, so in 2003, the Space Shuttle Columbia uh, burnt up, which, uh, yeah, with people. Not great. Not what you want. Um, One of only two shuttles to uh, crash in its runtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This show was made before 2003, so, like, they couldn't have known. I I mean, it's (laughs) the sort of thing that, like, if anything, it shows how, like, iconic the Space Shuttle program is. Is was, and yeah. was oh, absolutely. like at the time. Like I think that's also something that people who were a not American and at the time, like or b just you know too young at the time. The space shuttle was sort of like the vision of like, like the, the symbol of, the of NASA. 
Yeah, for, it was the symbol of NASA. Yeah, absolutely. 20, I mean, and Columbia had or so, something like that, you know. It, and like the idea that I, these space shuttles would still be around 60, 70 years in the future, not you know taking off anymore, but we're still so like integral to ours is that's just what the space shuttle is. Yeah, I remember as a little kid, like I was super into like STEM stuff, and a big part of that was I remember having like at least four different toys that were literally the space shuttle. Yeah. Like that's what yep. they like. It was a symbol of, um, you know, cool kind of exceptionalism in science and engineering too, to a certain extent. Like yeah. it was an icon of that reusable um, spacecraft thing. This is this is the way crazy. to the sci-fi yeah. future kind of thing. Um, and now they're gone. Yeah, it was so like, like kind of the first step. And also the Columbia went on like it was like at least twenty five missions successfully, I wanna say. It was like yeah, it twenty went on something. Quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, so it was this thing where too it was like established and so it kind of is much in the same way it's always unfortunate when the twin towers show up, but it's like <laughs> this symbol of success that people hold up as a thing of like an icon of the success of the era, and it just unfortunately, um, Stuff happens. And that was basically like the end of the space shuttle era in popular culture. Like they were already scheduled to fade them out, be decommissioned, you know, around that time. And this was one of its like last scheduled missions. Yeah. So um, some stuff in the shot. Anytime Spike is down in on Earth, like this whole area where the boneyard is kind of looks like Death Valley or like southern Arizona and just that it's complete nothing. Uh, they nope. do a lot of the heat waving uh, effects uh, whenever they like. There's a shot of him smoking cigarettes underneath the swordfish while he's waiting for the tow. And I like, smoked goes... the entire pack. Yeah, too. I love how many. You see how many cigarettes are there? Like all so the butts. You know just how long he has been sitting waiting in that heat for someone to pick him up. Yeah, it uses like the low like heat waving effect, yep. but also like it shows. One of the scenes where he's getting towed, like it shows like the bottom, I don't know, fifth of the screen with the car and everything. Then it's just blue sky above it, like the kind of show that there's nothing going on here. Oh, God. Um, yeah, all the ticks Miles has with being a baseball fan. Um, he's very into the whole baseball scene, and I kind of like that. Like when they I always have like these bit small characters that have like quirks or ticks to them that make them, you know, more human. Yep. He's, uh, well, it always ties I, in, I, too. I, I, I just love that he's such a baseball guy that in the end, in the shuttle, when they're having their little back and forth and like, they was like, you don't have to come with me. Like, it's super dangerous. You know that, right? And he's like, a Blue Sox fan never leaves before the end of the game. And then as they're landing, he's just like, fuck being a fan of baseball. I'm going to die. This sucks. I'm too young. <laughs> like, it rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, they show shots of the boneyard they're at. Like, whoever did the background mechanical design for this really loves airplanes because they, like, yep. lovingly drew all these airplanes that are, like, you know. Yeah, these are all, like, 80s, 90s. Jet fighters and Jets shit. and helicopters. Uh, our introduction to Doohan's quite funny. Um, while he's while he's getting his uh, ship towed into the boneyard, there's an explosion at the shuttle facility, the um, hangar or whatever it's in. And, like, it shows Doohan walking towards Spike, towards the camera. And he's just, like, his back is on fire. And, like, you think Spike is going to do something, but he just walks past Spike. <laughs> he's, like, confused <laughs> that he's, I don't know, on fire. <laughs> he actually puts Spike off a little bit, which is, like incredible yeah um the cuts when they were figuring out that the computer was uh, pirated between uh, reggie duhan spike and faye just back to back cuts of these people talking about the same thing it's just a fun editing choice they had yep um, it, it's fun whenever they have any character that 
kind of reacts to Spike in a way that isn't just like, oh, look at this cool guy. Like, you know, because th- th- clearly uh, Doohan is just like completely unimpressed. Like, he doesn't care. It's Spike. It's the goofy kid he built a ship for. Like, yep. whatever. It's his friend, probably. But like, yeah, he doesn't act like Spike's some hot shit. Like, he deals with what he has to deal with. And he's like, oh, yeah. Hey, Spike, what's up? You needed something? Like, it, they don't do that dynamic too often. And usually those characters are super fun. Um, yep. There's one later on that's a cowboy that is like maybe one of my favorite characters in the whole show. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, trying to think some other stuff here. Um, one of the things when they go into space to look for the pirates, the pirates are using uh, space trucks that have like the same courier uh, design on the side of them. Just like blend in like a UPS truck or something. That whole scene is so good. And, yeah. And so Faye and Spike are like, how are we going to find this? And it's like, well, let's just shoot. And whoever runs is going to be, you know, them. And Jet's like, that's a terrible idea, but they do it anyway. And then, like, both trucks that they're looking at run. And he's just, like, like, super annoyed. What if they're both real couriers? And they, like, by that point, they are already off. And he's like, oh, we're we're about to do a real crime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a lot of really good animation for the space dog fighting when uh, Spike is flying the swordfish around. Uh, Yeah, because, like, they originally have just the one hook shot thing for the hacking but the back of the truck opens up and it's literally just a wall of harpoons to fire at him. Yeah, like broadsiding at him, yeah. Uh, they oh, did a good job so good. Uh, convincing like the, the speed of the swordfish versus like the slower bebop behind it. Yep. Um, just when they show those shots. But in my opinion, the best part of this episode is when they actually show the Columbia taking off, like all the shots for that. Because it's mm. done towards the music, uh, too good, too bad. Um, the best one is they show the Columbia taxiing out of the hangar. The guy, Miles, is pulling it with a Sherman tank. And, like, it's a <laughs> yes. very far, low field of these zoom shots. So the Columbia looks huge in the frame. Yep. It's really well done. And, of course, oh, like, since beautiful. it's in the desert, everything's, like, high glare lighting. So it's very stark contrast. And, of course, it's, like, this is the first time you're actually getting the shot of the it. View, like, yeah. you knew what it was, but... They are, like, really lingering on it to be, like, the shuttle. Of course. This was, like, full 90s when the shuttle was yep. super cool. Oh, God, so yeah. everyone yeah. would be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, like, they tied it down so they could fire its main engine and not make it go anywhere. And so they start that up, and then they cut the things and have these rockets on the front just point the nose up. And so it just takes off kind of vertically. It's so good. It's, it's like this. It's like a slightly worse version of the launch, but he uses the modern technology to kind of like make up the gaps. Yeah. Like this, this would not work without these like super lightweight, extra powerful thrusters on the front that just did not exist at the time. You yeah, know? Right. So it's it's this great little conceit. Uh, it's so fun. Well, it's also the cut where the ropes snap, and it cut. It, it goes like from the shot of them giving way to them in the cockpit to like Doohan and Miles in the cockpit and they just get pushed like half a foot into their seat yeah, in they like immediately get less than back. a second and <laughs> yeah. it's just like it gives it just so much energy that this is literally a spaceship taking off yeah the, another thing that they they draw the smoke of the engines like on the ones like it's super fluid in that like mm-hmm. mirror kind of way and so like having seen like space shuttle launches and stuff like the flames look like that yep. the smoke looks like that so yeah it was, oh god! I, they had cool reference the footage for that. Like, please spend all of the budget on this. Yeah, and then the last thing I thought was fun is that at the end when Spike finally does get his falling apart swordfish into the Columbia, like he goes into the bay and then like kind of has a sigh of relief and lights up a cigarette, and then they start uh, Miles and Doohan start just yelling about how the ship is falling apart, and so Spike just looks annoyed. <laughs> just like, come on! Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a not again like it's like mushroom hunting where it's not very important to the overall plot, but it is just kind of fun with, between you know these more serious episodes. It's like a Spike backstory episode, but they can't all be here's Spike's time in the mafia when he was a hitman killing people episodes. Yeah, it's like no, here was Spike as a goofball teen, you know, like you can kind of see he was probably one of the assistants or whatever. Oh, well, like Doohan was like this racer with you know he built the swordfish to like you know race with it originally and he gave yeah. it to spike and they don't actually tell you any of that story there they just let you kind of infer it you know yeah, it, yeah. it's also like it shows between their dialogue it shows that duhan has respect for spike even though he still sees spike as kind of like an upstart hothead but there is like a, a respect to each, each other in those which makes the whole fact that spike has his ship you know they don't have to explain it like you said but it makes it you know you fill in the blanks and it's interesting. You understand it, even if they don't explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those are some really good episodes. Like 16 to 19 is a really good time. Again, this, I never really thought about it when I was watching through it originally. Because like every time before this, when I watched it, it usually would just be like, all right, I'm just going to sit down and watch. 12 episodes of Cowboy Bebop. So, like, <laughs> the way the pacing worked out, like, didn't... It wasn't as, like, emphasized as it is now when we're watching them in bricks like this. Right. But, like, it's really neat how they do the tempo up and down across the whole series. Like, the energy is really... Like, they make sure it doesn't get too serious for too long, and it never wears you down. Like, as soon as something really sad happens, they have some form of either, like, goofy shit or just yeehaw cowboy shit. <laughs> like, one of the two. <laughs> Yeah, so next week, uh, or next podcast... Does launching a space shuttle, like, just manually, does that count as Yeehaw Cowboy shit? Yeah, that's yeah, totally right. Yeehaw yeah, Cowboy. Absolutely. That's like some Armageddon bullshit. Like, it yeah, felt kind of okay, the way of, like, Okay, cool, Yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanted to be sure that we're all okay with this that. This is our right? Independence <laughs> Day. <laughs> Please not blow up the White House. <laughs> so, um, next uh, episodes, we're doing 20 through 22, only three episodes, because we have to break it up for the movie. Yep, movie and comes after that. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the movie is like right before the end. Yeah. Yeah. And the next three are a horror one, a kind of lighthearted one, and a wacky one. So, again, just, uh, yeah, it another fun time so coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> See you next time on Space Anime. See you, Space Anime.